everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and we're just going to skip the preamble here, because you've heard it all before if you listen to my show, all the intro and nonsense stuff like that. We're just going to... We're just going to just get right into it here. Um, so if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or anything like that, uh, you probably noticed I disappeared for a little bit and even just took a break um, from episodes. And I even wrote a little bit of a reason why as to why I took a break. It's um, It's been it's been pretty tough, um, personally. It's been a, um extremely trying year. The past... God, it feels like the past three years have been extremely trying for me. But this year, even more so than anything. Um, so, and I'll get into a little bit about that in a little bit here. But I just wanted to make some announcements that I am going to be trying to take a step back from social media. Mainly Twitter. Um, might just be posting more on Facebook, maybe. I don't know. Um, and maybe Instagram. But Twitter... Twitter is just an extremely toxic place. It's <laughs> if you follow the magic community on Twitter, doesn't matter which side you follow. It's extremely toxic and I'm done. I'm done with it. It's the only things I may post on Twitter are just links to my YouTube videos or links to the podcast maybe if that if anything. Um and maybe links to Instagram posts or anything like that. It and I'm just I'm done. I'm done with it. I mean, that's not to say I'm going to be done with Twitter forever. It's just I need to need to get away from it right now. Um, and the same goes for Reddit. It's even though I still have my Reddit account, it's I'm going to try not to be on it so much. I feel like, I mean, a lot of people like to say the Reddit magic TCG uh, subreddit is really bad. And it can be, it can be a pretty big cesspool, but Magic Twitter can be even more, more of a cesspool, more than anything. And um, it's, yeah, I, I just, I think it's social media altogether can just be a big cesspool. It's, it's crazy how in such a short amount of time in human history that these platforms have given so many voices to so many people which is not a bad thing but it's also it is a bad thing to where it everybody feels like their opinion matters and or or it's just the vocal minority will just you guys know what I'm talking about you know people getting fired from social media and stuff like that and it's it's frustrating to see that kind of stuff and to even you, it feels like you have to walk in eggshells all the time on social media where if you say one wrong thing, boom, you're done. Your life's over. And you know what? I, I need to step away from it. It's, it's an extreme stressor for me. So, And plus, it's very addicting. So I just I need to step away. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm doing here. Um, so yeah, I deactivated my Twitter for a little bit and it's it is back up but i'm not gonna really be on it i'm gonna try not to be on it as much as i can and like i said i'm trying to reduce the stressors in my life it's i've not only got a lot of stuff going on personally but professionally my job is extremely demanding especially at this time of year it's gonna be it's insane i'm working you know 50 60 hour weeks normally and 
you know, I, I know I did have that, um, episode about depression and burnout and it's been, I've been burned out. I don't want to stop doing this obviously, but it's also depression has been a big one for me that where it's just, I don't want to do anything. And I have a lot of self-destructive behavior and tendencies going on with me where I'll get so down. I'll just want to destroy everything, you know, that I've built up. And this is one of the things I don't want to stop right now. And so I'm going to try to try to push on, push forward. Um, does that mean I'm still going to continue weekly? I'm going to try, um, but I'm not going to push myself to do it every week. If I don't want to do it a week, I'm going to try not to. And that, that onus of doing it weekly is on me. It's, there's no obligation on behalf of my sponsors or anything like that to get it done weekly. It's, um, it's, it's on me that I push myself to do it. And I get really down on myself when I fail that expectation of myself. And it's, I have to stop doing that. I have to stop putting these high expectations of myself and I do it all the time. So, and what's been going on with my family is, um, I mean, I wrote a little post of it on my Patreon, which I got rid of my Patreon again. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I can't seem to keep a Patreon because it's like one, I build it up and it did decent when it first got released. And then, you know, I had to take it down or I took it down for whatever reason. I probably got depressed and decided to be like, fuck everything. And then, um, which is not uncommon for me to do that. And then the second time I tried to build it up and tried really hard to push it out there and it just was not getting any traction. So it's, it's down again, the Patreon and it's, I don't know. I'll, I may put it back up. Who knows? It's at this point, I don't care about it. And you know, the extra money would be awesome. So I could put it back into the show, but it's when you get no traction on it and you try and push and nothing, you're just sort of like, what's the fucking point, you know? And it's, it, you, you focus too much on that when I should just be focusing on the show. Um, I am revamping the Magic Wazubi website. Um, you can actually go to magicwazubi.com now, and I'm slowly starting to put every single episode on there. Um, I'm only up to like episode 50. I got to get the other 75 episodes, 76 episodes, um, up there. And then I do have some, you know, one-off videos that I've made throughout the years that I'll post up there that are on my YouTube channel. It's just, in a sense, this website is going to be for me mainly. I mean, yeah, sure, other people can go look at it too. Because, I mean, it's open to the public. But it's more of a collection of stuff that I did and that I want to do because I want to get back into writing articles too. Not every once in a while. Not, not all the time maybe a once a quarter type thing, you know? And then of course there's going to be videos I may want to do on Dungeons and Dragons or World of Warcraft or other stuff. So it's, um, it's going to be up there too. So Magic Wazubi is not going to just be Magic the Gathering, at least the website. It'll also be the magic with Zuby, you know, whatever that magic may be. It may be magic from D&D or magic from WoW or magic from video games. I don't know. Whatever I feel like. Um, but yeah, that's I'm not going to push it too hard. That's just going to be sort of a little safe haven for myself. And hey, you're all more than welcome to check it out too. You know, I'm not saying like, hey, you guys can't check it out at all. 
Um, so, you know, it's like I said, I'm trying to work on reducing stressors in my life. Um, and Lisa, I wrote a little post before I deleted the Patreon on what's going on. And I mean, I, I, I don't know what more to say about it. And if you didn't read it, uh, basically what's been happening this year is, um, my oldest daughter has, um, been going through some issues and we've had to, um, I guess essentially take care of her and make sure that she's getting the help she needs. And it's, it's very, very trying because me, myself, I have a lot of issues with myself. You know, I suffer from, you know, depression and bipolar and, you know, and dealing with that yourself is really tough because as you know, people who suffer that sort of stuff, there's a lot of days you wake up and you're just like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to, I hate myself and you just don't want to continue on, you know, but when you see the same sort of similar problems in your own child, it hits you 10 times worse. And you start really questioning yourself as a parent and just, you just go down that downward spiral and pretty much all you can do is do whatever, what's best for your child to make sure that they're safe. And that's what we've been having to go through since what February or March of this year. And it's been ongoing. And then a couple weeks ago we had another episode and, um, it was like right after Grand Prix Orlando had happened and I was just like, okay, I, I can't, I can't do this right now. I, I've got to stop. And you know, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what more to really say about it because it's, if you haven't experienced it, it's one thing to experience it yourself, but experiencing it as a parent is a whole nother level. And it's, it's scary it's scary because you're not sure what you're going to wake up to one day or, you know, you get a call from your wife frantic and wondering what's going on and you're scared, you know, and it takes everything in you to not want to break down and cry and just, you know, run to your own parents and just wonder what's going on. No, because you have to be, the the parent that keeps it together and stays strong and do do what's best for your child because you you basically can't be selfish at that point you have to do what's best for them and put your own feelings aside and it's it's been very tough like i said we've been dealing with this since february march and it's yeah i i don't know what more to say about it it's it's something that no one should have to go through. And it's unfortunately something I'm going through right now. And there's good days, bad days, good weeks, bad weeks. And you know, it's, you just got to push through it. You got to keep going. So that's pretty much what's been going on with me and sort of the reason why for my radio silence, I do want to get into a little bit about Grand Prix Orlando here. And then I'm going to talk about the new magic game night product and go over the leaked guilds of Ravnica promo card. And then we're going to end it with the top five annoying types of magic players that I've come up with. <laughs> 
um, the type of magic players that annoy me pretty much. So let's just get right into it here. All right, so uh, as you've heard me in past episodes, I've been talking about Grand Prix Orlando for a long time now, and um, it happened uh, back on August, what was it, uh, August 10th through the 12th, even though I did not go Sunday, um, but when I arrived there Friday, it was, I gotta say, I'm gonna be, I was pretty disappointed with Grand Prix Orlando, and it was nothing that Channel Fireball did or anything like that, but it was extremely small um, compared to, say, last year's Grand Prix on Orlando. Orlando. Um, there I was mixing up Atlanta and Orlando again. And it was, it didn't feel as exciting because the prize wall wasn't that great and the vendor selection was kind of meh. And I don't know, it just felt very, it, it almost felt, I don't know, it just felt boring. To be honest, um, I mean, I had a fun time doing the spell slinging on Friday. Um, I got to meet, I actually got to meet some people. I wrote it down here. I met a Brad and Nick, so shout out. I've told you guys to listen to the podcast. Um, Tristan or TJ, I think it was, and Gabriel. Gabriel was actually a Wizards employee over in Brazil, I think it was. Yeah, over in Brazil, and he came by to check out, you know, to see the American scene, and he was a really cool guy to talk to, so shout out to him. That was really cool to meet a Watsy employee just out of the blue shows up. And then um, Eric. I met someone named Eric. Um, but it was a lot of fun spell slinging. I will say the turnout for spell slinging was a lot less than it was, say, over in Dallas, because Dallas, it was... As soon as the spell singing started, I could not stop until it was time to stop. And then here it was at some people, you know, show up maybe like five or six. And it was, I, you can probably see it on my face. It wasn't the most exciting. Um, but then the events, the events, I played nothing but sealed the entire time on Friday and Saturday. And I lost miserably. I did pull some good, um cards like you know I got some good pulls and I made some decent decks but yeah it was also not a good time too because of just what I just talked about a few minutes ago um I was hitting a really bad depression spell and essentially with what was going on with me too and I I left early Saturday or I didn't leave the GP early but I left early not coming Sunday because I needed to go home and there were personal reasons for that, and it was, um, yeah, I, I just had to leave, and it sucks. I, I did meet, you know, I did get to meet, um, you know, Kendra, who I had on the podcast a few episodes ago. She was super cool uh, to hang out with, and then I got to meet um, the Australian GP winner, uh, Jessica Estefan. Oh, God, I'm going to mess up her name, aren't I? I'm going to look it up right now. It was Jessica Estefan. Yes. Yes, I got to meet her, and she was pretty nice. Um, and then I know Emma Handy was there, but every time I went to go try and find her, I couldn't find her. And But, you know, maybe next time. Um, I'm still going to try to make it to GP Atlanta. Um, just got to scrape up the money for it. And I even noticed GP Atlanta is in a smaller facility than last year. Um I am kind of glad it is because that convention center it was in last year, 
it was just a pain in the ass to get to. It, the, and the parking was expensive as hell. It was like 20 bucks a day, something like that. Jesus. Um, but overall, had a had a decently fun time. Uh, went with some buddies there, and you know we went out to eat and hung out and played magic pretty much. And but I will say it was a little disappointing. It was smaller, and I didn't have as much fun as I did in Dallas. I will say that. But I'm hoping Atlanta will be better and bigger and more fun. So that that's that's about it for Orlando. I mean, not much really happened. Um, I did meet some other content creators, um, Commander99, who are over in Tampa next to me, and um, got to meet them, played only one game of Commander with them. I had to leave early, and then I didn't see them at all Saturday. Uh, I think yeah, I was playing a lot of Sealed Saturday, and they were probably playing Commander. And um, so, yeah, um, that's pretty much it for Grand Prix Orlando. Orlando. It's... um. Usually I like to try to record there, but it was just, it was not a good weekend for me. It was, it was just bad. So, um, yeah, that, that's about it for Orlando here. Um, next I want to talk about the magic game night product, which was just announced the other day, which is supposed to be a, I guess this is more geared towards new players here. And it is a, it looks like it comes in a little box comes with five decks one a one monocolor deck each of the five colors and it it is geared towards new players it costs forty dollars 39.99 msrp and it comes it actually comes with five mythic rare cards that are not standard legal or printed anywhere else which i do have to say some of these cards seem pretty decent actually um at least decent for commander um, just to go over them real quick, we've got, for the white one, we've got Militant Angel, which is three and a double white angel, three, four, has flying lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, create a number of two, two white knight creature tokens with vigilance equal to the number of opponents you attack this turn. So in a commander game, you know, you could possibly create two to three tokens with that. Um, not a bad, you know, casual card. I like it. The white deck itself um, does have some decent cards in there, um, at least for a casual deck. I mean, you've got you got Always Watching, which is such a good card. Um, you've got Cleansing Nova, which is a good board wipe. And you've got, um, you know, Banalish Marshall, which is good in mono white. And some other stuff, too, like Militia Bugler. Um, you know, Mentor of the Meek, which is surprisingly really good in Limited. And then you got Valiant, Val, ugh, Valiant Knight. Um, so it's not a bad little beginner deck for white. And then when we look over at the blue here, we've got Inspired Sphinx, which is five and double blue. Uh, five, five Sphinx flying. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw cards equal to the number of opponents you have. I feel like that's better than the white one. And then you can pay three and a white or three and a blue. Uh, create a one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. So not bad. Um, the blue one is definitely looks a little bit more geared towards being more controlling. Um, some of the other cards that are decent in here. Uh, let me see what you got. Uh, there's really not much. You got Psy Master Thopterus, which isn't bad. Uh, what else we got here? Skilled Animator, which is the poor man's and soul artifact. Uh, Gearsmith Guardian, Sky Scanner. 
Reckless Scholar, Whirler Rogue. Yeah, the blue deck, uh, I feel like the white deck feels more powerful. This one just seems to be a little bit more controlling and slower from the looks of it here, the blue one. Uh, the black deck, Rot Hulk. Five and double black, zombie five five with menace. When it enters the battlefield, return up to X target zombie cards from your graveyard to the battlefield where X is the number of opponents you have. That one I may put in my mono black zombie ghoul caller Gisa deck because one ghoul caller Gisa can, at least the way I built the deck, I can get a lot of mana quickly. And also this would not be bad as a sort of better grave digger type effect as well too. And plus a 5-5 five, five Menace, that's never bad. But it is a little bit costly. But I can see this definitely being a good um, budget piece for a zombie deck in EDH. The black deck uh, it looks even better. You've got Liliana's Mastery. You've got Open the Graves. You've got Languish. Uh, you've got Death Baron, Graveyard Marshal. You know, you got a lot of good black zombie cards here. This is, this is a really good start to a decent casual zombie deck, too. Um, obviously, it doesn't have all the best zombies zombie cards in it, but for a starter deck for it, it's pretty powerful here. And This has a lot of powerful strategies here for it. Um, next, we've got Goblin Goliath, which is the Red Mythic. Four and double red Goblin Mutant 5-4. When enters the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 red Goblin creature tokens, equal number of opponents you have. You can pay three and a red and tap. If a source you control will deal damage to your opponent this turn, it deals double that damage to that player instead. That's not that's not a bad little thing, especially in this kind of casual environment here. Um, this one definitely seems to be more goblin oriented, obviously, because you've got Siege Gang command, Commander, you've got Goblin Trash Master. Oh, of course they put Shiv and Dragon in this. How can you have a beginner red deck and not have Shiv and Dragon in it? A Goblin Instigator. Goblin Motivator, you know, you even got Gutter Snipe here. Um, I'm kind of sad in a little bit that they didn't, they didn't put Lightning Strike in here. They have Shock, but no Lightning Strike. They've got Bombard, though. Bombard, the two in a red, deals four damage to target creature instant. I feel like they could have probably got, gotten rid of the Shock and given you Lightning, lightning Strike, because why not? That's the better burn spell, and... It's the more common one you'll see anyway, Lightning Strike compared to Shock. I mean, or, hell, too bad they didn't print Lightning Bolt, you know, because that would be too good. So, and then, yeah, my nose is itching really bad right now. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with it. And then next we've got Avatar of Growth, the four double green elemental Avatar 4-4. Four, four. This spell costs one less for each opponent you have. Has Trample. When it enters the battlefield, each player searches their library for up to two basic land cards, put them on the battlefield, then shuffles their library. That's not bad. I mean, it's good for getting some ramp, and it's friendly for other players. And, heck, it's, if you have three other opponents, or four other opponents, it's only going to cost three mana to get out for you if you're playing with all five decks. Uh, the green deck here, they've got some uh, Ronus Monument. It's got Galta, Gigantosaurus. A Gore Claw, Palaka Worm. So it's got a lot of Colossal Dreadmaw. I mean, well, when you look at this deck, it's got a lot of big beaters that can help you cast them quickly. Oh, it's even got Lanawar Elves to help you too. So I like that these decks are good for beginners because they all try to showcase the mechanics of each color. That white is sort of, you know, the smaller creatures 
that can be built up, you know, quickly, and then also have angels for beaters. Um, blue is definitely the more controlling type, a little bit slower, but can definitely just swoop in and take you out. If you're not careful, black is just all zombies. You kill my stuff, I get them back. Um, you know, and then red is definitely the goblin type burn, um, showcasing, you know, some steel effects with act of treason. And then green is just the big dumb beaters. So I feel like they did a good job showcasing the themes of each color. Um, 40 bucks does seem pretty steep for this though, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this product, this price goes down in a couple months. Um, is this kind of product worth it? Um, does it succeed in what it's meant for? I don't know. The, the $40 price tag really turns me off here. I mean, 40 bucks and you have the potential of playing with five people. That's not bad when you think about it. But as far as value goes for magic cards themselves, there's no value in any of these cards here. I mean, these mythics may have a couple dollars here and there. And yeah, I'm cracking my knuckles because I have to. It's a weird freaking habit that I just got to do. And you got to hear me crack my knuckles. But um, it's, I don't know. I'm still not sold. The price just seems a little bit too much for me. I mean, if I guess if you and your buddies had no um, knowledge or never played Magic and you you all wanted to just chip in some money and like, hey, you know, let's try this out. I mean, it's almost sort of like a board game type thing. And it, it's not a bad price for that. But for the more ingrained Magic player, this is not for you at all. I mean... I might pick up some of these mythics here as singles, but that's about it. Um, but other than that, no, it's not even worth it. Um, and if I really had to be honest, if you really wanted to get into magic as a new player, go to your local game store, find a local game store, get those welcome decks that are free and you can get two each cause cause the welcome decks are 30 card decks. You just get two of them, mash them together as a 60 card deck and play it that way for free and see if you even like it. You know, and then maybe buy some booster packs and just try to build upon your deck from there. Um, so this one I'm still a little, a little bit wary of because we have other products available that do what this is trying to do that are much cheaper and or free. Um, I do like the initiative that Wizards is taking here. It's just I'm not 100% sold on it here at all. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about here was... Oh, yeah, so they just announced the gift pack as well, too. Uh, the gift pack for the holiday season. And at least I, I don't like the new packaging at all for the gift pack. I miss the old packaging with the big box. Yeah, the... A lot of people didn't like the box, but I used that box for my cube and other storage stuff for other cards and deck boxes that I have. Those are perfect, and the, the gift pack was, what, 30 bucks or something? Um, so this year, they're changing it up a little bit. They're no longer giving really crappy foil promos that no one wants. Instead, they're creating five new cards, um, one of each color of cards that you can't get anywhere that are not really that good, but um, I think they're standard legal, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're built at the Planeswalker deck level, and then you also get five promo lands as well too, uh, basic lands. 
and a spin down dice and what is it four magic 19 uh yeah four four m19 booster packs with it as well so the five new cards that are it's coming out with the white one four and two white angelic guardian angel five five flying whenever one or more creatures you control attack they gain indestructible until end of turn not bad in commander angler turtle five and double blue uh five seven hexproof creatures your opponents control attack each combat if able not too bad if you've got a lot of tricks up your sleeve that can wipe boards or if you got some you know good death touch blockers or something like that you just want to get rid of some pesky creatures uh the black one vengeant vampire four and double black four four vampire with lifelink when this card dies destroy target creature and opponent controls and you gain four life not bad uh, and when I mean not bad, I mean more as a casual level. I mean these aren't these aren't standard playable at all. Uh, we've got Immortal Phoenix four and double red uh, Phoenix five three with flying. When it dies, return it to its owner's hand. So basic Phoenix effect. Uh, Rampaging Brontodon five and double green dinosaur seven seven trample. When it attacks, it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each land you control. That can get a little out of control, and that would be pretty decent in EDH as well too. Um, so yeah, that's also the other little news I wanted to bring up too is the gift pack. And I miss the old packaging. I understand why they didn't do it. Probably because of cost. Because that, that box that they made probably had to have cost a lot too. And it's I, I miss the old packaging wizards. But I know they're not going to bring it back. And yeah, that, that gift pack, it feels like it's more for the the magic player you know especially for parents and relatives they know their you know daughter son whatever is into magic and you know they buy them that instead of you know buying a booster box or something and good good little christmas present is pretty much what i'm trying to say here all right next on the docket is we're going to be discussing a leaked card it was actually leaked by wizards of all people um I don't think this card was meant to be leaked at this time right now, but um, who knows? I don't know the name of this card, but it, it was leaked on the German Wizards website for Guilds of Ravnica. It's the Buy a Box promo. Um, I will do my best to pronounce it by its German name, and that is Geppenzerter Riesenworm, Riesenworm, or Kugelschreiber. Um, Geppenzerter Riesenworm. Ryzen Worm. Or however you say it. Um, it is a 7 cost, 7 and 3 green, so 10 mana, costing Worm that's a 16 16 with Convoke and Indestructible. Now, there's been this whole hubbub -hub about, you know, the Biobox promo and Nexus of Fate, and I'm not going to get into that here. Um, that Nexus of Fate was a mistake, and this Worm here is. Um, not the most playable standard mythic here. It is possible for it to be playable if there's some good ramp effects that are going to be coming out in Guilds of Ravnica. I mean, we do have some decent ones right now from Ixalan through uh, M19. But even with Convoke, I still feel like this is going to be a hard one to cast. Um, it With indestructible 1616 it's you know unfortunately it's going to die to murder or die to um I, I almost said fatal push but that's going away you know it'll die to Vraska's contempt it'll die to like pretty much anything you know because there's no 
Oh wait, no, no, it is indestructible. Um, so yeah, Vraska's contempt would be what gets rid of it, uh, any or settle the wreckage, anything like that. Um, it's interesting to say the least. Um, I want it for EDH really bad. Um, it'd be super fun, but it's definitely not as strong as Nexus of Fate, which I'm glad about. And as from what some of the comments on my Facebook have said, it is a big dumb beater, but it is the biggest dumb beater. Yes, I do agree with that. It is the biggest dumb beater you can find and play right now. It's actually bigger than Emrakul. Emrakul is what, a 15-15 and this is a 16-16? Craziness. Is this the biggest creature in Magic right now? Besides, not counting, you know, BF, BFG or what is it? Big furry monster from Unglued. Um, or the infinite one and um, unstable. So uh, is this the biggest? I think this. I think it might be the biggest uh, creature in Magic, which you know it is green, so good. Um, so that's the buy box promo, and it got leaked. And I don't know. Did Wizards do this on purpose? Who knows? Um, but let's get into the thing I want to talk about the most here, and that is going to be. The top five annoying types of magic players. All right, so I know I've talked about most of these types of magic players before in the podcast, but I wanted to do my first top five. I don't think I've ever done. Well, no, no, no. Okay, I take that back. I have done top fives before and top tens when I do my end of year special um, for Magic Wazubi, and I think I've done it before on the farewell episodes when I said farewell to Kanza Tarkir and farewell to Dragons of Tarkir and all that, which I haven't done that. Um, I didn't, I don't, I didn't do it last year, did I? When I said farewell to, um, like battle for Zendikar and all that, did I? I, I don't think I did. I'll have to look, I'll have to look back on that. Cause I don't think I did. Cause this rotation is coming up like really soon. So, but anyways, uh, top five annoying types of magic players. Number five, when people talk about how they could have won a match if they only drew X card. All right, so you know those types of people. You just beat the person in a game, and they, whatever deck you're playing, whatever deck they're playing, whatever format, whatever, you beat them, and they go on and be like, oh, you know, if only I drew, you know, Black Lotus, I could have beat you. I could have done, you know, my lightning bolt five times, and I could have beat you. Or, or some of my favorite ones are you're at an event like PPTQ or GP and you go to sit down and you hear that one person, either you're playing that person or the person's right next to you saying, yeah, my, my opponent played X, Y, Z. And you know, if I had only drew this or that, you know, I could have beat him. Yeah. You know, my deck's way better than his. And, and they're just talking all this crap about their opponent and just saying how, how great they are at the game of magic. And you're just like, if you're listening to the audio on my face, is just sort of like, are you serious? And I can't stand those types of players where it's just like, shut up. It's one thing to do it with your friends, you know, saying, oh, you know, hey, how'd you do? Oh, man, I lost. You know, if I only had, you know, I was trying to draw, you know, X, Y, Z, and I couldn't get to it. And, you know, I lost, you know, it's one thing to commiserate with friends. That's fine. But, you know. It's another thing when you're sitting down against someone and then you hear someone just loudly complain like, oh, you know, I lost and, you know, I, if I, I'm such a better magic player. I could if I just drew this, I would have been way better. It's just like, no, shut up. Don't talk anymore. Don't just stop. All right. So that's number five. Number four. This is probably more geared towards FNM level type players. And those are the angle shooters. 
at an F and M level. Now it's one thing. Now a lot of people hate angle shooters, you know, lo- you know, uh, rules lawyers and all that stuff. And it's one thing to be like that at a Grand Prix when you're playing the main event or side events. That I have a little bit more understanding because there's bigger prizes on the line at that point. At an F and M level, especially if you're F and M or if your stores aren't that big and maybe you get 20 people playing and all that stuff and the prize pool is, I don't know, like $50 in store credit or something. That's not a lot of money. Even if it's $100 in store credit, it's not a lot of money there, you know? Um, And you get those angle shooters where they just treat F&M games so seriously. And I get it. I I get. I understand. A lot of people may use F and M as practice for oh tomorrow's PPTQ or, or an IQ or an open or GP. That that's understandable here, but it's it's especially the ones who are, you know, have a X and two, uh, record, and you know they're not going to make top eight or anything like that at an F and M, and you're just like you're trying to angle shoot me really because I forgot to, you know, untap you know, one land or something like that, or I forgot a simple little rule. I get it. I get it. We as magic players should do a good job for ourselves to remember all the rules, but at F and M level, especially when it may be, if you're being that angle shooter rules lawyer type person to a person who's clearly not the best magic player and clearly a newer player or someone who doesn't take the game seriously and you're going to treat them like that. Come on, get out of there. To me, FNM is pure casual, and it's a way to unwind after a long ass stressful week from work, and you just want to go and play some cards with some friends and buddies, right? It's you get those people that just come to the store and just treat it super seriously, like this is for the pro tour, and it just sort of sours the experience. You know, just like I mean, I don't experience that too much now at the LGS I go to, but and. I have before though going to other LGSs and it's just like just please stop man please I, I want to have a good time I don't need to listen to you you know try to get the slightest edge on me if you want the win so bad here take the win I've done that before where I can just tell the the other person wants the win so bad and even if we're vying for first place or whatever and they're just annoying the hell out of me I'll just be like you take the win I don't need this all right the way that you're acting you take it good. You need this little money here. Take it, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's that's number four for type of annoying magic players. Number three, we've got the one who plays or the one who says you're in the middle of a game and you play whatever card, and of course they loudly exclaim, "Of course you play X card or you play X deck." You know that deck may be Tron or you know death and taxes or elves or and that one card may be a force of will or you know lotus petal i don't i don't whatever the card may be um could be an off the wall card but you get those players and you're just like yeah of course i play this deck why wouldn't i play this deck um now it's one thing to say that in a joking manner where you know i've done that with my buddies you know like oh of course you play lantern because i know your personality and especially my buddy George who loves playing control and he'll play the most miserable control decks against you, but it's fun, you know, and he's a fun guy, but especially when you're playing against those salty opponents where, you know, 
they always exclaim, of course you play X deck, or of course you drafted that card, you know? You're just sort of like, mm, sorry, that's the game. You know, don't like it. You know, quit. I, I especially feel like that more when I play Magic Online, where I'm just like, I have a lot less patience when I play Magic Online on Arena or Moto. It's like, I have zero patience. I'm just, I just want to play a game and get it done with quick. You know, I don't want to spend, you know, five hours. But when I play paper, I'll happily, you know, spend an hour playing one game. You know, because that's that. But getting that's getting off the topic here. But, yeah, that, that type of player where they exclaim, of course you play this card or of course you play this deck. It's That's super annoying. Number two. The ones who spend too much money then complain they're poor when it comes to Magic. I have seen, I don't know how many people just walk into an LGS... And they'll drop down money for, you know, Modern Jund or Legacy Storm or something. And then they'll complain like they have no money for food or gas or anything like that. And I'm just like, motherfucker, you just spent all that money on Magic cards. Why are you complaining you have no money? Sell your freaking cards, all right? Why are you... Why are you wasting your money on those cards? I can do the same thing. I can go and drop, you know, a couple grand on you know, Legacy Storm or whatever the hell have you, or Grix's Delver, but I'm not going to because I'm smarter with my money. And you see that all the time at LGSs and even Grand Prix, I see people just dropping all this money and then I overhear them complaining they have no money. I'm like, yeah, because you're spending it all on magic. You're not, you're not thinking smart here. Those really kind of annoy me. And it's not just in magic. It's in any kind of hobby. You know, video games is a good, is a good, um, like video game collecting is a good example. You know, I, I always see, because I'm part of some retro gaming collecting groups on Facebook and always see people complaining, you know, oh man, if I just had, you know, this money for this game, I can go and buy it. And then they get, they come payday, they spend that money on the game and then it's, oh, now I have no money for food. Yeah. Cause you fucking spent it, you moron. Jesus. Um, those kind of people just annoy me. People are just not smart with their money. I'm not saying I'm freaking Mr. Financial Genius here, but I'm not going to go spend my entire paycheck on a magic deck. No, I save accordingly. That's why it took me over a year to build Legacy Elves and about the same amount of time to build Modern Grix's Delver and about the same time for Modern Elves as well, too, because I will save. Um... So yeah, that's number two. Number one, I know I have talked about these types of players before. I think I even had a whole episode about it. And oh yeah, it was LGS Horror Stories. It is extremely immature players. And I don't, and I'm not referencing this to hell. Oh, you know, no, screw it. Going to bring in teenagers as well too. All right, I'm Mr. Old Fogey here, right? I'm Mr. Get Off My Lawn. I'm Mr. White Christmas, you know whatever whatever the freaking song is on the the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer little uh, special there but um you know it's extremely immature players I've talked about this before and it's the type where uh, like I said I'll even bring teenagers into this because before I was too nice cuz screw that all right I it's one thing to be immature and being funny and cracking jokes with friends, but when you're playing against a complete stranger you've never met before, you, you should have some social decorum. That is that, that was what that one episode was about. There's the lack of social decorum sometimes in magic and just the way people act. 
it really gets to me because I just look at it and I'm like, I know I work in a very professional environment, but I do know how to crack a joke and, you know, be immature myself. Right. But, you know, when I'm meeting someone for the first time and I don't know who they are, I will be, you know, nice and professional and actually have some manners. And then it's, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's just something I can't stand. It's when someone's so immature and you know, you have the type of people that just spout memes off all the time. You're just like, yeah, okay. So I've grown up. Um, I'm no longer just copying what I hear on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Reddit all the time. So are we going to actually have a conversation or are you just going to spout off your memery at me the whole time? And, you know, we're trying to play a game here and you're just being extremely, extremely annoying. Um, so yeah, and I, I've I've told those stories before on the podcast, and where me and my buddy George are at an LGS and just playing against doing two headed giant for Battlebond actually, and we're playing against these opponents. The one opponent was really cool. The other one, just I wanted to smack him upside his head because it was just he wouldn't shut up, and every time he would talk, it would be some sort of meme meme speak or whatever, and you're just like oh my god, does this kid have no original thought and why is this kid acting so annoying, right? Maybe it was to win or something, get an edge on us. I mean, they had the better decks anyway because they they pulled the Planeswalkers and Battlebond and once you play those, it's pretty much done. But anyways, we lost, but I was like ready to just be like, all right, I quit. I don't want to play against you anymore. I'm done. I was very, very close to just saying, you win, you win. I I don't even care if that I lose. I just don't want to play next to you. I don't want to look at you or anything. Just go away from me. All right. Yeah. Those are the other type of magic players I cannot stand. So let's go over it real quick again here. Number five, talk about how they could have won a match if they only drew X card. Uh, angle shooter, number four, angle shooters at more at the F and M level. Um, number three, the ones who always exclaim, of course you play X deck or X card. Number two, the ones who spend too much money and then complain they're poor. And then number one, again, extremely immature players. So that is my top five annoying types of magic players. What about you? You know, let me know what your annoying types of magic players are and how you feel. What do you, how do you feel about my list? Am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? You know, let me know. Um, so that is it for this week's episode of Magic with Zuby. Uh, really appreciate I can't even talk. Really appreciate you coming by and listening or watching if you did. Um, Like I said, I'm trying to get back in the groove of things. And, you know, thank you all for coming out and listening and have a great night. All right.